Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Welcome in on a Monday morning. Back, baby. Took some time off. Took a little family time. Got out of town for the first time in more than a year. It was awesome. Drove to Portland and back. Gotta say I love Portland. Love Portland. I get... There's so many good places to eat in Portland. It's pretty. River, trees, the whole bit. Love Portland. So I had a few days there, and now I am back. But I was never far away from the local sports scene. When you got your phone, you're never far that far away. And uh, I'm intrigued. I, I missed the best week of jazz basketball to miss. Uh, if you're a fan and you just want to see them win, that was a great week because they played a bunch of teams they are supposed to win. And uh, they did win those games they were supposed to win. Supposed to beat those teams, they beat them. I think the uh, the nine-game winning streak is good because there's always a chance in the NBA you're going to have a bobble. And I think for the Jazz, a couple things. One, um, having to play Memphis that that close three times together. Uh, Memphis is young. They don't quite have it together yet. Missing a couple pieces. Don't know how to win. But they have some talent. And if you play them three times that close together, to go two and one would kind of be normal. And certainly the third game, with all the drama with the birds and the airplane and the having to land and the looking out the window and the engine is on fire, I haven't had to do that. I hope I never have to do that. I would want no part of looking out the window and seeing the engine on fire and the plane listing. No thanks. I'm out. Don't need that. Sorry, those guys had to go through it. Really glad I've never had to go through it. Having said that, uh, the Jazz largely have just taken care of business and done what they're supposed to do. Winning that game in Memphis after all that drama without Donovan Mitchell and beat him for the third time in a week, that win stands out. Nothing else in that streak does. You know, Brooklyn should have stood out, but then we found out, you know, they were sitting Harden and Durant's out and, you know, whatever. <laughs> okay, fine. Kyrie Irving wasn't on the trip, and then none of their big three, so the Jazz blew that game open. So there really isn't much to hang your hat on. This week, oh boy, it gets interesting this week. The Jazz are playing the Mavericks tonight, who I think are better than record. They're trending up. I mean, you are what your record says you are, but I think in the case of the Mavericks, um, you know, they were 9-14 and 14 in early February. Um February 4th, they lost to the Warriors by 31. The Warriors, who aren't that good, by 31. And they've turned it around since then. They have gone, they were 9 and 14, and they have gone 18 and 7 in 25 games since then. <clears throat> they come in on a four game winning streak. And when you look what they've done against the best in the West, they had a stretch where they played five straight games in March against Western playoff teams. They beat Denver. They split two games at home with the Clippers, and then they split two games with the Blazers in Portland. So, you know, they've been playing pretty good basketball. You know, 18 and 7 is nothing nothing to sneeze at. That's, um, you know, over the course of a full season, what would that put you at? That would put you in the high 50s. You know, that's probably like a 58-win pace, something like that. Um, so that's good basketball over 25 games. I think this is a real test. Wednesday's the glamour game. They're playing Phoenix. These two teams have the best record, uh, best records, in, not just in the West. They're running 1-2 in the West as they have for a while. They've now got the two best records in the NBA. Philly and Brooklyn have had their slip-ups. So not only do the Jazz have the best record, but the Suns have the second best record. So that's a big game. And then the Jazz backed that up with Portland, 
going back-to-back playing the Blazers on Thursday. So three games in the next four nights, all against Western playoff teams, seventh place Dallas, second place Phoenix, sixth place Portland. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. And Portland's got a lot to play for. The Lakers are sinking, and Portland uh, has got a chance here to go from six to five real quick. So... <clears throat> we'll see how the uh, see how long the Lakers are shorthanded and how far they're going to fall. But for Portland, the opportunity is there to just keep moving up, you know, just keep climbing in the uh, in the Western Conference. And uh, you know, they're playing they're playing six hundred ball themselves. They're they're in pretty good shape right now. Um, they're just a half game behind the Lakers and only one game behind fourth place Denver. So games behind third place Clippers is a is a real log jam there from three to six. So big week, big week for the Jazz, and I'll be really interested to see what they do. It's not the playoffs, but I think it's a stretch in the regular season goes. It's a pretty good look. This is probably the best look uh, you know we're going to get when you look at their schedule going forward. There's a lot of lottery teams. You know, we we heard the Jazz had the softest schedule in the second half of the season and we just saw a soft stretch and we got th- these three games this week are good and then it's uh, right back into a soft stretch again and if if LeBron and uh, Anthony Davis can't go when the Jazz play those two Laker games it's like four games the Jazz ought to win the two Laker games another four or five games the Jazz ought to win well if LeBron doesn't go and if AD doesn't go then you're just looking like a stretch of 11 games so I think we need to focus on these uh these next three. Now, for some of you, it's going to be hard to focus on the Jazz and the Mavericks tonight because the NCAA championship game is going to be going on. Got a question up on Facebook. Uh, you hit us up on Facebook. How do you not root for Gonzaga? Now, the obvious answer is, well, you're going to root for Baylor because you got some tie to Baylor. I know Royce O'Neal went to Baylor. Dennis Lindsay, he's a Baylor guy. Um, so, okay. Set that aside. We all get that people went to Baylor are going to root for Baylor. But most of us listening to the show, didn't go to Gonzaga, and didn't go to Baylor. <laughs> so so for us, save your smart-ass responses. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Some of you crack me up. Just the, just the dry... <laughs> Man. Anyway. Uh, just Gonzaga's a great story. Now, UCLA nearly got him. I think UCLA is a great story, too. It's hard to think of UCLA as a Cinderella and an underdog, but they were in the first four. They did lose four games in a row going in. Now we know that they lost those four games to Sweet 16 and Elite 8 teams. So that puts a different spin on it. That was a little better basketball than we thought. Um, But you had to admire UCLA. That is the best game anyone's played against Gonzaga all year long. You know, they'd only had one team stay within double digits, and you get them to overtime? Wow. Impressive. They hit so many difficult shots in that game. I got to say, they really struggled to defend Gonzaga. Gonzaga was getting layups, layups, dunks, and wide open three pointers. They, for a college team, shoot the ball um, with the shot distribution more like an NBA team. Still not there because it's college kids, they just don't shoot enough threes. Um, but they get so many good shots, whether it's open threes, feet set, you know, catch the ball in rhythm, or all the layups and dunks. And I got to say, there were a lot of cool things that happened in that Final Four game, and, and we'll get to them coming up here this morning. Um, obviously, Suggs with a massive block and a fantastic pass in transition with two minutes to go. That one-handed bounce pass, that was something. That was something. And obviously, a game-winning shot. But I got to say, Kispert, you know, you know he can shoot it. 
And the guy is a terror on the three-point line. He is such a good three-point shooter. Um, But I thought the way he went to the rim and got a dunk in that game, the offensive uh, rebound and putback he got late in that game, those are some gritty plays. You know, there are a lot of guys who just want to stand on the three-point line and shoot it. And if you do that as well as Kispert does it, it shouldn't be demeaned, right? Because it's a real weapon. But to see him mix in these other plays, really impressive. Really impressive. So, all right, got to take a break. When we come back, Ute football with Kyle Whittingham. They got a couple big weeks here for spring football and then best of the jazz post game show. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. A little spring football for you Ute fans now. Kyle Whittingham speaking with the media. Listen up. I feel like we've made a lot of progress. Um, still got a lot of work to do. Obviously, it's always a, you know, you're never where you want to be. You're always looking to uh, improve on things. And we certainly have a, a laundry list of, of uh, what we need to improve on. But uh, I would say we're in a really good spot for uh, where we're at. Uh, 60% finished now with, uh, with these last six practices. So uh, that's where we're at. So uh, go ahead and ask questions. There's... Probably a 67% chance you'll get a real real answer. And I think it was Meatloaf that said two out of three ain't bad. So so that's where we're at. So go ahead. We'll start off with Trevor Allen, KSLSports.com, followed by Josh Newman and Cole Bagley. Kyle, how did you divvy up the uh, quarterback reps as well as the running back reps? Okay, uh, Charlie Brewer got the vast majority of the reps, and that's been the case all spring, and that'll be the case during these last six practices. Uh, The other reps were divided almost equally between the other four. Uh, Jaquin and Jackson and uh, P. Costelli get a little bit more than the other two, but uh, that's uh, pretty much the the uh, dose that's been going on and the, and the, uh, the way things have been spread out uh, repetition-wise throughout the spring. And again, uh, don't see that changing in these uh, last six practices. Running backs, top three continue to be Makai Bernard uh, as the number one guy right now. Uh, TJ Pledger, Chris Curry battling for that uh, number two spot, two and three. Uh, they're jockeying for position one day. Uh, one of them will have a better practice than the other and then vice versa. Uh, Charlie Vincent's doing some good things as, as a possible number four. Um, we also have uh, Vakapuna in the backfield that's doing a, a good thing, a good, some good things. Elvis Vakapuna. Um, who else do we have? Uh, Faisal Aiden is also taking reps. So those are the six guys that are getting the reps, but the top three are getting probably 75% of the reps uh, overall. And of course, we had Ricky Parks this, uh, this summer to uh, round out that position group. So. I think that was the entire question. Hopefully I answered that. We'll go next to Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune, followed by Cole Bagley, Gale, Utah Chronicle. Kyle, I know that you're just getting off the field, but um, in the immediacy, is there any individual or position group that maybe you were um, pleasantly surprised with that you weren't expecting something so good from today? Uh, I don't know if, we, if anybody fits that category that we were surprised that we didn't feel would 
perform as well as they did. I can tell you that both offense and defensive lines performed exceptionally well. And that's, you know, it's kind of hard to say, you know, how could one, you know, how, how could they both be really good, but they were both really good. They're physical. We're physical on both sides of the ball and uh, a lot of cohesiveness on that offensive line. Uh, a lot of veterans returning and the same on the D line. So that that's going to be a strong suit for us. It's the line of scrimmage. And that's always a good place to start. That's a great place to start. Uh, Charlie Brewer, Brewer was sharp and uh, we expect that. So that wasn't a surprise. Uh, Nephi Sewell made a bunch of plays, um, which is no surprise. He made a bunch of plays last year for us. Uh, probably Cole Bishop. Cole Bishop uh, is a guy that uh, is brand new to the program and he's, really uh, a lot like uh, Nate Ritchie was for us last year. Nate came in and made a splash early and played and started the, the majority of the season. And, and Cole could be in that same situation. We'll see. But, uh, you know, he's got to fight for it. But, you know, for a kid that's only been on campus for a couple months, he's doing a really nice job. Just to follow that up, um, were there any older guys, some veteran guys that you know what they are that maybe didn't get so many reps <laughs> that today? Not really. Today, uh, Mika... Tafua, uh, Devin Lloyd, uh, Max DePaye, uh, you know, all those guys took a bunch of reps. Covey, uh, there was really no holding, not holding anybody back today. They might have had a few reps uh, less than some other guys, but today was a work day for everybody. Uh, I would envision most likely next week uh, more of the same. And then the spring game, you might see a little bit more guys, uh, limited action or no action. So that's, uh, that's the plan going forward. Cole Bagley, Daily Utah Chronicle, followed by Patrick Kinahan. Yeah, Coach, I'm hoping this falls under that 66%. You never know. Um, you never know. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you, um, what's, what's been the difference uh, between Bernard and then the other two backs, Pledger and Curry? What, what's setting him apart as number one? I would say, first of all, his familiarity with the scheme. He's, he's uh, been an Andy scheme going on three years now. He's got a great command of it, makes very few mistakes. So the learning curve for him was non-existent this spring, which is go out and, and perform. Whereas the other two uh, are learning the offense, and they're doing a very nice job of that. But there's still a little bit of a learning curve. And when you're still learning, at times there's a little bit of hesitation, uh, uncertainty, and that affects performance. And so I think the biggest uh, thing that Makai has going for him uh, is the, is the uh, knowledge of the scheme. But that being said, he's tremendous physically. I mean, he's he's got it all. He's, he's fast. He's uh, probably a 4'4 kid, uh, 200 pounds, great hands out of the backfield, uh, tough, and really smooth. You know, you just didn't see a lot of him last year because of, you know, for obvious reasons with Ty. But, but uh, he has really made a big jump from last spring to this spring, and uh, now it's his time to shine. Well, just to, to follow that up quickly, is there anything specifically that has really stood out to you as far as improvements from last season? With Makai? Yeah. Uh, just doing everything better. First of all, he's about 10 pounds heavier, which has really helped him. Uh, it's tough to play running back in the Pac-12 uh, at 190, 188 pounds, which is what he was last year. So he's gotten bigger and stronger. Uh, he seems to have really had the light switch come on and uh, is just cutting loose and, and uh, not playing, I don't want to say – uh, careful, but he's he's just letting it all hang out and letting it rip and and uh, making plays and and uh, has been really uh, a, I don't want to say a pleasant surprise, but he's he's reacting and performing how we hoped he would. We'll go to Patrick Kinahan, ninety-seven five and twelve eight of the zone, followed by Steve Bartley in zone. When when Rising comes back in training camp, what percentage of the snaps do you think he will get once we get to August? 
Bad Moon will get a rep split with uh, Charlie Brewer, and uh, they're going to have equal footing. Uh, you know, Cam did a great job for us last year, all through camp, through spring, before that, and through camp, before he got injured. And uh, he's right on schedule, uh, throwing the ball right now. Uh, not very far, but he's throwing a football. And he will get – we envision uh, right now a, a two-man race. It could change if, uh, you know, if J.J. keeps performing and getting better or Peter. But uh, it's going to – you know, if it's not just those two right out of the gate, It'll be just those two very shortly once we decide who the number three guy is, if we haven't already done that. We'll go next to Steve Bartle from Zone. Coach, I'm, I'm curious if, if you're seeing the progress out of the receiver room that you, you would have hoped to see with Chad Bumpfist now uh, coaching those guys. They're all progressing. They're, they're doing a nice job. We're uh, limited there with scholarship players, uh, healthy scholarship players. There's, there's only, uh, you know, there's, we're way under budget and, and where we should be with that. Uh, got some guys hurt. Um, Tyrone Smith, uh, Connor O'Toole. Um, uh, there's one or two others I can't think of off the top of my head. But, but uh, you know, between Solo and Covey, Devon Vele is having a very nice spring. I should mention him. And that the question about who surprised you and who's doing very well, Devon Vele is, has really uh, started to emerge. And so uh, I think, uh, you know, we're going to be okay in that position when all is said and done. Right now, we're not. We need more depth. We need uh, more playmakers. But uh, I'm confident that we will get to where we need to be and Chad will get us there uh, by, you know, whenever we line up September 2nd or whatever it is. For our last two, we'll go back to Trevor Allen and Josh Newman. Kyle, you mentioned that uh, Charlie Brewer had a really good scrimmage today. Does that mean that maybe the secondary struggled or, or how, how was that battle? The secondary is, is doing a nice job. Those guys are all still extremely young in experience, but nobody cares. They got to step up just like they did last season. And they're, you know, that, those five games, not only the five games last season, but that entire fall practice, you know, we were practicing without playing seemingly forever. And all those, all those accrued practices really helped that group. And then, of course, the five games was, was big for them. And so between Clark Phillips, JT Broughton, uh, Fabian Marks, uh, who am I missing? Uh, we moved uh, Zamaya Vaughn to corner. That just happened this spring, and he's doing a nice job. So we, we think we're going to be okay there because – you know, we have some. We had some game tested uh, situations last year. You know, they all got tested last year, and they, even though it was an abbreviated season, and uh, right now they're just all continuing to get better. And Sharif Shah is doing a great job with that group. Uh, fantastic coach. Our final question will come from Josh Newman. Kyle, when you say that you went um, 130 reps, was that the plan going in, or does that number represent more or less than what you intended? That's about what we expected, what I expected anyways. It was uh, a situation where every single guy that's been practicing and is healthy got an opportunity and got a chance to have reps. Now, obviously, some a lot more than others, but we wanted to make sure that everybody got the opportunity to show what they could do. And uh, that was, you know, we knew we'd be somewhere in the 115 to 130 range, ended up on the high end of that range. And again, when you get factor in all the special teams, it's probably more like 170 reps. But, but uh, we had a lot of guys out. We got 120 guys uh, that are practicing, or just about 120, it's about 118. And we got another dozen that are, that are injured. But, but uh, we have never had this many uh, people on the roster and people practicing in the spring ball. Typically, it's 80 or 90 guys. But with the COVID that backlogged everything, 
these scrimmages are going to be longer because of just that effect of spring game. We, we've used a format for several years now for the spring game. We're going to have to extend that a little bit to uh, create more rep opportunities for, uh, for all these guys. Just to follow that up, I'm just curious. When you go into a scrimmage situation uh, wanting to get X number of reps, you get out there, are you comfortable extending that number or lowering that number depending on what's happening? Sure. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, that's my job as a head coach. If I get a sense that we're going too long or we haven't had enough work, we can modify. But uh, I keep track. I got a guy up in the box that uh, after every series, tell me exactly where we are rep-wise, which offense has had how many reps, which defense, and so forth. And so it's not just a, you know, it's calculated. But that being said, if we're getting banged up or guys appear exceptionally tired, uh, then we can go ahead and uh, make adjustments. But uh, today there's really no adjustments needed to be made. We just had a great scrimmage. And, and like I said, knock on wood, we think we came out very healthy, which, uh, which is a big plus. There is Kyle Whittingham with the media. The Jazz on their ninth straight win and an impressive three-point shooting performance. That's next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We've got the Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks tonight. But before we get to that game, time to look back at an outstanding three-point shooting performance and a dominant blowout win over what's left of the Orlando Magic. Here's the best of the postgame show. It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. The Jazz smashed the Magic on Saturday night, 137-91. to 91. Uh, They made an NBA... Uh, well, I guess uh, first in NBA history, 18 three-pointers in a half. They did that in the first half against Orlando and uh, basically sat everybody in the second half and still ran away with this one, 137-91. They were led by Donovan Mitchell, 22 points in 21 minutes, 8 of 11 shooting, 6 of 7 from 3 and hitting them from deep to 4 assists for Donovan, 2 rebounds. Uh, Bogdanovich had 17 points. Joe Ingles had 17 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. Joe was 5 of 7 from 3. Jo- Jordan Clarkson with 15 coming off the bench. And now about 9 assists for Jordan Clarkson, uh, a high in a Jazz uniform for him. Uh, but uh, amazing night for the Jazz. They win big. Let's get some post-game sound for you. Let's start with uh, Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. We'll get started here. First question will be Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, obviously uh, things went pretty well for you guys tonight, but given that Orlando was kind of shorthanded to begin with, what are you able to take away from a game like this? Well, yeah, what you said, you just echo, you know, I, I thought um, – our guys played the right way. We had one of those nights shooting the ball. And, you know, the one thing, you know, Cliff is always his teams play hard. And, you know, they execute, they defend. Um, as you said, you know, they're down players and on the, you know, have just had a big trade where they're, you know, they changed some pieces, um, some players on their team. And they, they've been, you know, they've been competitive and, just you know this is one of those nights for us where 
um, we played really well and we played the right way. And, you know, we played a team that, as I said, is going through, through a transition. And, uh, you know, we were, that said, we were, we were happy with the way that, the way that we played and, that's that's what we want to you know keep doing just play the right way and continue to you know to emphasize our identity as a team next up chris and kenny jazz tv okay coach joe talks to me about that in particular a little bit just about you know echoing the sentiments of getting better and we did that tonight in what ways did you see that you guys got better tonight well you know there there's there's a lot of strengths on our team and um, there's things that people will do, you know, like, like any team, um, you know, to, to game plan for you and, and talking about, you know, being alert and working on those things. Um, something like taking care of the basketball, uh, which is, which is a really important thing for us and in defensive rebounding, which is another one, I think at halftime, you know, we did those two things really well. And then to continue, you know, to, to take our shots. And usually that for us involves, you know, getting down the floor, running, you know, and spacing um, and making the right play, making quick decisions. So I think that's, you know, that's the way we played tonight. Sarah Todd, Desert News. When you got a lot more opportunity to see some of your young guys play tonight uh, through the third and all of the fourth, uh, what stood out to you the most from uh, who was on the floor? Well, I think, you know, the, the thing about the group that, you know, that finished the game is that they did, you know, they played the same way. You know, there was a stretch where we gave up some offensive rebounds, um, you know, but the same thing, guys shared the ball and um, tried to do the things that, that we talk about doing and, you know, compete during that stretch. And that's what they did. Ben Anderson, KSL Sports Talk. Quinn, at what point do you feel comfortable kind of calling off the dogs and, and saying, you know, you're going to go to the, the, the second unit so early in the second half, I guess third unit. Well, you know, we, we had played well and, and, you know, everybody as a coach has been in those situations. Um, you know, and as I said, we've, we, we trust some of the guys that, you know, that we put in the game. Um, JC in particular, I think had nine assists tonight. And, you know, as you said, it's an opportunity for some other guys to play. And when they play the right way like that, you know, it, it, it's good for them to, to have that opportunity to play because it, it doesn't happen, um, you know, all the time. Last question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn Donovan's been taking that three-point shot from kind of everywhere on the court in all sorts of different situations. How have you seen that develop over the course of the season? And then, you know, kind of how green is his light? When do you want him to shoot the, those threes off the dribble? <sighs> Really, it just depends on and how they're defending him. You know, a, a lot of times that shot off the dribble is a result of, you know, something with pick and roll coverage. And I think more and more, you know, as a catch and shoot, um, you can see his, his range. He's, he's had that range. I think he's more aware um, that those shots are available. Um, and, you know, it really involves him kind of spacing when he, when he does get off the ball. Uh, there's other guys that will find him and those shots, you know, those are really high percentage shots. So whether he's making a read and taking a pull up, um, 
you know, or, or some of the times he's got the ball late clock, you know, his step back um, that he's worked on. But some of those other shots that we're talking about, whether it's a pull up the rim, off the dribble, catch and shoot, you know, I, I think he's getting more and more comfortable, you know, taking, a, you know, what, what could be a good shot into, into a great shot. And that's what we've talked about, you know, just regarding his efficiency and, you know, every game is going to be a little different and, you know, through the course of the game, you know, coverages can change, different opportunities can present themselves, um, you know, where other guys on the floor and, you know, he's, he's an unselfish player and, you know, he's, he, he can score the ball, but I know he takes a lot of pride and, as I said, playing the right way and finding his teammates. There you go. That's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. His team uh, coming off a, a big win over the Orlando Magic. Big meaning margin-wise, 137-91. to 91. Let's go to the players. Let's start things off with Trent Forrest. How about Trent? Gets in 20 minutes in this one, 8 points, 6 assists, and a rebound. Played really hard and had this to say after the game. What was it like to just get out there and have a little bit of extra run tonight? Um, it felt great. I mean, I've been working with the assistant coaches and I mean, just from what they've been helping me with, it made it easy. Um, I mean, I watch a lot of our guys. I, I watched the game. I know what we were supposed to do. So, I mean, it, it was fun just getting out there. Next up, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Trent. So Donovan said you're one of the guys that he's been coaching and giving pointers to. Number one, how is he as a teacher? Number two, what's the best thing that he's told you? <laughs> um, it, it's great learning from Don, actually. Um, just coming from where I come from, just in general back home to now, like it's just crazy being able to learn from guys that are basically best players in the league. I mean, I can learn from Don, Mike, Joe, all those guys. But, I mean, he always just tells me to stay aggressive, um, just keep playing with my pace, and that he likes a lot of my finishes. Next up, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. This kid is a stud. <laughs> stud. Well, I guess first off, what does it mean to you to, uh, to have Donovan Mitchell come on and, and tell us that bit of information? No, nah, it means a lot. It means a lot. Um, I mean, I tell him and Mike all the time that I watch those guys. And I mean, anytime I have questions or anything, I mean, they always are willing to help me. So I try to get as much as I can from everybody on our team. So what do you feel like you most uh, still need to work on at this point? Um, just becoming a more consistent shooter. Um, and I feel like that's just going to come. It, it's been something that I've been working on. And I think, honestly, my first shot, I think today was a three. So, I mean, it, it's coming and just got to continue to work at it. Coles, <laughs> AP. Coach emphasized playing the right way. What does that mean to you? Um, Just playing the jazz way. Um shooting threes, getting guys the ball where they need it, getting to the rim. Um, that's what we want to do, and that's what our coaches emphasize. So for me, I mean, that makes my job a lot easier when you have guys that shoot the ball so well, and then you have bigs that set good screens. So it really just opens the floor for me to make the right reads. There, that's Trent Forrest and uh, guest appearance by Donovan Mitchell. Uh, talking up Trent again. Trent played 20 minutes at eight points and six assists. Speaking of Donovan Mitchell, let's hear from him now. Hey, Don, I'm sure others are going to ask about the three-point barrage, but this is really a rare night where you guys can get loose and cheer on the entire team. All 13 scored. How important is a night like this for them? Oh, I think the biggest thing is for them to just get their confidence, get their rhythm. 
you know, watching, you know, Mia get out there, Ersan hit some shots, Matt, um, Jarrell, Trent, and JB, like everybody, I think is, it's, it's just great to see that the game flowing, everybody kind of doing their thing. And, you know, that just shows the, the chemistry we have as a group. Um, they went out there and executed, you know, so many different things. We're talking through game plans and just for them to get continue to get that experience throughout games like this, I think is huge. And, you know, for us as, you know, the, the starting group to go out there and just handle business from the jump and kind of stay aggressive, I think was, was huge as well. You guys had that energy uh, on the bench. I know it's a challenge to generate that home cr- crowd energy internally when you're on the road. So how do you find that on the road? Um, I think, you know, sticking sticking with what we do as far as, you know, continue to be in each other's ear, you know, positive vibes always. Um, there's going to be times where we're going to need to find it. You know, I think Washington was probably the last game where it was quiet. Uh, we were kind of getting our butts kicked for a little bit, but we found the energy in the second half. You know, it's going to be nights like that, but just continuing to stay positive, continue to, you know, provide that spark um, from the bench and just keep guys going, you know, I think is, is definitely going to be uh, a challenge at times, but, you know, it's, it's, it's something we look forward to as a group because we're such a tight-knit group and, you know, our chemistry strong. We'll go to Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Don, you're now up to 41% from three on the season. Do you feel like you have shots in your bag this year that you feel more confident in than you did last year or even earlier on in the year maybe? Um, No, I think, you know, they've been there. I think it's just a matter of me, you know, from the beginning of this year till now, I think it's a matter of make or miss. Um, to start this year, I think the way I shot the ball in the bubble, uh, the shots I was getting, the, the looks I was getting, I really, you know, took that film and said, all right, how – said how can I get you know these shots and how can I get these looks in throughout the regular season throughout the season and kind of finding them in different ways and that's what you're seeing now you know I've worked the reps um, twice before the bubble and after the bubble before the season like so I've worked these reps and it's just a matter of me just going out there and getting to them Um, in a game like this you know just trying to find ways to pick my spots and find a way to get shots that maybe not so much in this game but I'm going to have to have to make and have to take Games coming up, playoffs, like that's really, you know, where my mind is with those. And I feel comfortable with them. My teammates trust me with them and just going to continue to take them. Matt Cole's AP. Since the all-star break, you've been red hot. Have you had a better stretch as a pro, maybe in the bubble? What, or do you think this has been your best stretch as a, as a um, shooter? And a I think, I think the bubble was just, you know, at the end of the day it was seven games. You know, granted it was the playoffs and and we lost. But, you know, for me, like the scoring is what it is for me, but it's the decision-making that's really, you know, that's, I wouldn't say shocking me, but it's really getting to a point where I'm like, okay, like you're making this step, you're making this leap. The stuff, the leaps I've been talking about, you know, I'm finally starting to see them from the reps I've been doing over the summer. I'm starting to see them all come to fruition, come and and be able to go out there and find them, whether it's the passes, it's the – no, necessarily it's an assist when I say pass. It's passing out of a blitz. It's, you know, pass to a pass, you know, hockey assist. Like those little things for me, I think, is uh, is are something that I really, you know, I'm, I'm excited about. I get excited about, you know, at the end of the day, my, my job is to go out there and put the ball in the basket, but it's the other things, you know, being a, a leader, being, being that guy, you know, with the ball in his hands and being able to make smart decisions throughout the entire game. I think that's something that, you know, I would say this is probably my best stretch, you know, but I'm trying to get to a point where we don't call them stretches anymore you know what i mean it's, it's it's years it's yearly you know it's it's career it's like it's not just best stretch you know and i mean that's really what i'm trying to get to where you know day one we know to expect coming in you know i know what to expect coming in this is this is my level this is where i need to be at and this is where i need to stay at
Sarah Todd, Desert News. Don, obviously, I mean, you guys have lofty goals and there aren't a lot of games where some of those seldom used guys actually get on the court. Do you feel maybe a sense of responsibility for helping to teach them and guide them when they're not actually getting the playing time? Yeah, you know, and I think we have a group of guys that want to learn. You know, I think that's what makes it easier. You know, so when we get to situations, you know, they, they see things and they ask questions. You know, it makes it easier for us to, to teach and explain and, and explain what's going on. So then when they get in in games like this, they're out there executing without – I don't really think there was a time where we said much from the bench because they already knew what they were doing. You know, I can't say that was the case last year, you know, when they were rookies. Most of them are rookies. Um, so now they're getting to a point where the guys are coming in and like, look, you know, you go here. I know what to get here out of this. Look, how do we get Jarrell to lay up? You know, hand off to a to a slip. How do we get Ursan a pick and pop three? Like those are the reads that they're starting to make. And you gotta give them credit. And it's not so much us. You gotta give them credit for, you know, the work they put in. You know, when we have off days and they're in the gym working with coaches, finding ways to watch film, you know, that's that's really what it's all about. And you're seeing it in games like this, you see it, you know, from the keep continue to keep a lead, continue to defend and play the right way. Last question, Eric Walden, so like Tribune. Don, you referenced the starting five uh, being locked in from the outset of the game tonight. You guys wound up setting an NBA record with 18 made threes and a half. What was working that well for you guys? Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing is understanding the team we're playing. You know, we know that they're the shift team. They come in, you know, they want to really help on the roll. When you have a guy like Rudy, they want to help even more. So being able to kind of pick that apart and find guys and then guys just taking shots, you know, that, that's really what it is. Just, you know, going out there and, and taking the shots that we're given, you know, they, they got guys who are really, you know, really talented, you know, they're trying to, you know, prove themselves throughout the league, you know, and they got guys who are really good who are in who are going to be really good young guys as well. Uh, but for us, just sticking with what we do, taking shots um, that are there, but understanding the game plan, you know, and how we're going to be guarded, you know, before we get into a game, um, I think was the biggest thing. Donovan Mitchell, 22 points in 21 minutes, 6 of 7 from 3, 8 of 11 from the field. Excellent night for uh, Donovan Mitchell. Let's now hear uh, from Joe Ingles. Hey, Joe, some of the young guys on the team that don't get a lot of run during the games, uh, a lot of their work has to be done on off days and uh, in the gym, not necessarily in the arena. What can you say about the the work that they actually put in? Um, The... They're better kids than me. I can promise you that. Um, I mean, I I guess I've been uh, my first couple of years not playing probably as much as obviously what I had been um, kind of the later part of my career here. But I mean, it's it's hard to go in there. I think it's obviously yeah, we're very lucky to have the jobs we have and the, the lifestyle and, and everything you can list off as an NBA player. Um but at the end of the day, I get, like you still want to compete. You still want to play. You still want to – obviously, we want to be out there as much as we can, even though coaches rotation and sometimes we get pissed coming out. But, yeah, like everyone, it's a good thing that guys want to be out there. And, um, I mean, it, it would be hard. You, you you work your ass off all day in the gym. Um, they, do, they do play a little bit with – um, that kind of group of the, the guys when they can, when they've got the numbers to. Um, and then they come and they, they kind of watch and support us. And um, so to, to, I guess for us to give them opportunities too, to, to, to be out there and let them compete, play, play at the, the highest level against um, obviously good, good teams. And, um, but, but all of them from, from whatever number to whatever number, I don't know where, how you list them, but they, they all come in, they work their asses off every day. 
um, either by themselves or, or in a group in the weight room. Um, they're, they're all they're all extremely professional. Um, I mean, you see, we, we've got Ursan sitting on the bench all day and still happy to go in there at the end there and and, and play really well and, and play the right way. And um, on the flip side of that, you've got first year guys um, do, doing the same thing. So um, yeah, I mean, we're lucky with the guys we've got. Um, uh, I can uh, understand for them. It's probably frustrating at times. Um, but they're obviously right now you're in the, the a really good team, really good roster. I think they can learn a lot from the guys we've got. Um, and obviously, hopefully at, at some point they, they get to flourish and, and expand their careers and play and um, do what they, they've dreamt to do their whole lives. Next up, Matt Coles, AP. Joe, you played really well when you start. How much does your role changes change when Mike's out? Um, I don't come off the bench. That's probably the biggest change. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think of it any, obviously the, the starting in the bench is literally the biggest difference for me. Um, last year was, was different. I hadn't come off the bench for a while and just figuring out where I could be aggressive, how I could help the team. I guess at the end of the day, um, obviously a lot more comfortable because it's been, uh, a lot more consistent um, kind of coming off the bench this year every now and then. Obviously, I know if someone's out, I'm going to go into the starting lineup. Um, but I try, I mean, I try not to, I mean, I guess change the mentality of like I'm coming in when I come in with with favour at the seven minute mark to, to play the same way as I am when I start the game. Um, I think obviously not having Mike or Donovan or whoever it is out there makes a big difference because they're, they're such a big part of our group. Um, so I understand that there's more opportunities at times, um, try and take advantage of them, try and help the team. It's at the end of the day, it's about our, our team getting the win. So, um, whatever I can do, like I said, start bench six, eight, whatever man off the bench, like it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. We're obviously all here to, um, bigger picture to, to, to try and win. And um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know, in a roundabout way, I guess I, I really don't think of it any different except the fact that I start at the jump ball instead of coming in at the seven minute mark. So it's same mentality, same, try and be the same kind of player and who I am um, with a, a couple more opportunities, obviously. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Joe, Don uh, was telling us about the importance of just starting five, coming out there and being locked in from the outset and kind of just taking care of business from the jump. Uh, what was working for you guys? Obviously, you had tremendous success shooting the ball very early on. Yeah, I think just coming out, regardless of who we're playing, and uh, obviously tonight they had a lot of guys out and um, obviously just traded kind of three of their pretty big pieces um, recently as well. So they've got, they've got new guys. They, they're playing hard. They, I think they just beat the Clippers in New Orleans or who I think it was those two teams. They just recently played um, and, and had obviously two good wins. So you, like I said, regardless, regardless of who you're playing, who's out there, who's starting, who's injured, whatever it is, we're, we're trying to obviously come out and play the same way that we want to play every game, whoever we're playing. So um kind of to the last question. And if I'm out there with the starting group, obviously I'm, I'm a part of that. If I'm not, then um, the starters are, are really focused on, on coming out aggressive and just playing the way we want to play, be aggressive defensively, rebound the ball, run. Obviously we're going to shoot threes. 
um, and just kind of play our style, but just making sure we're, we're locked in every night. Obviously, I think this, someone just said after, like, we don't have two days off for the rest of the year. We, we either play or have a day off or have a back-to-back. Um, so we're, we're playing every day now. So it's <laughs> Trey shaking his head in the background. Um, but yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's obviously a tough schedule going forward. So we just want to make sure we we're locked in and we, we come out the right way every game and start the right way is obviously um, an important part of that. Kristen Kenny, Jess TV. Joe Donovan was talking about the expectations he set for himself personally this year. Just curious. Did you set any expectations or goals for yourself? And if so, what are some of those? Um, I wanted to be a really good father um, and be a good dad and be around my children as much as I could this year, um, which hasn't worked out that well because of the rules and COVID and, and everything. Um, I mean, I'm like on court, not really. Um, the off court stuff for me is, is I don't want to say like way more important than basketball, but being, um, yeah, just being a, a good dad and being around my family and, and trying to support Renee and, and all that's uh, the, the most important part of, of my life. So, um, yeah, I, I, I get that obviously kind of freedom to come out here and, and play basketball for a living. And, and obviously I enjoy it. It's a, it's a hell of a job that I, I get to do. Um, uh, I mean, I've never kind of uh, like, I've never come in and set in, individual, like obviously we, we want to win. I want to play well and help the team. Um, but stats wise, numbers wise, anything like that, not, not really um, just to come. Obviously I knew I was coming off the bench this year. So to, to, to be able to help the team as much as I could in my role um, and whatever that may be. So if it's coming off the bench, starting, shooting, trying to get guys involved, if it's a defensive matchup that coach wants, whatever it is, um, yeah, just just smaller things like that, I guess, than, than anything kind of major. Andy Larson, sorry. Joe, you've played basketball games all over the world, and I'm just curious, what's the biggest blowout you've ever been a part of? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even know, to be honest. Um, I've, you've probably got a better idea than I do, to be honest. I uh, I don't know what it was. So, I mean, I, I remember getting smacked by Dallas by 50 when we lost. That was a pretty – I think it was, close, it was close to 50 anyway. Um, that was one of the – other sides that wasn't fun. Um, you didn't want to be in the locker room after that game. Um, wins wise, I, I don't know, like Europe's not long enough game to really get blown out by too much. It's 40 minutes and everyone walks the ball up the court. So you don't really, uh, it's, um, it's a lot different, but I mean, to, I don't know, we even know what the score was tonight at the end of it, but um, yeah, I, I don't really know what to give you there. Andy. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'll do some research, maybe. I'm not going to do any research. You do some research and let me know. All right. Last up, Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Joe Floyan, over his last two weeks now, is really starting to find his shot, it looks like. What's it like when you're a shooter, when you do go through kind of elongated stretches where it's not going in? How difficult is that? Yeah, it's just frustrating. Um, I'm sure he's been frustrated. And obviously, we... You get a, uh, especially with a guy like Boyan, who's played for however long in different countries and leagues and, and the NBA now for a long time. Um, you don't want to, I mean, I caught myself a few times trying to like over force getting him the ball and 
like I'm going to get to you, shoot it. And like the amount I, I've been through with with coach the example in the bubble when there was no fans there and he was like every time I caught it like shoot it and I was like I'm not like I'm good like I know I'm trying to like when I feel like I can shoot it I'll, I'll shoot it um so it's it's that kind of like a fine line I guess of of not overdoing it because he he does know how to play and he'll find his shot and he'll he'll take good shots um and then obviously we we still do have to do a job of of trying to get him looks we we can't have him out there not getting any good looks or missing him on opportunities because um, he can obviously score the border at a pretty high level for us. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's frustrating. And uh, I think the the other hard, the difficult part this year is we've just got so many guys that if someone's going, it might be me that's taking less shots or Donovan or, or whatever, whatever it is. Sometimes it's been, it's probably been different guys every night, really. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's got, like I said, that fine line of, of not overdoing it, but we obviously want to keep him involved and keep his confidence up because he is a, he's a big part of what we do. So, um, yeah, you can probably, there was a few hands in the air and I think he yelled some Croatian swear words today when he hit a three at one point, um, which was nice to see. So we just need, yeah, we need him to be confident in his shot. If he, if he goes over five or whatever, still to shoot the ball because he, um, obviously our whole team believes in him making those shots. So, um, yeah, we will keep, keep on him to stay confident. But like I said, he's the last few games, he's, he's played really well. He's kind of found his, his rhythm a little bit. And, um, as a group, we, we obviously just got to make sure he, he keeps that as well. Joe Eagles, 17 points, five rebounds, two assists for Joe filling in in the starting lineup for Mike Conley, who sat on Saturday night. Next up for the Utah Jazz, they take on the Mavericks in Dallas tonight. That game will tip off at 5 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 4. There's the best of the post-game show. Coming up next, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.